Good morning. Well, what an incredible week this has been. We've all been blessed with the opportunity to listen and maybe even some of us get a glimpse of Pope Francis. As you know, the key reason for his visit was to take part in the world meeting of families taking place in Philadelphia. The theme for this gathering has been Love is Our Mission, The Family Fully Alive. It was inspired by the early church father, St. Irenaeus, who wrote, The glory of God is man, and I would add woman, fully alive. But I guess an obvious question would be, well, what does that look like? What does it mean to be fully alive? And I think the Gospels and some of the recent wisdom of our Pope may bring the answer to light. Over the past few weeks in our Sunday Gospels, we've been listening to this ongoing dialogue of Christ with his disciples and frankly his patient efforts in trying to teach them what it means to be fully alive. Beginning a few weeks ago after the disciples witnessed a number of miracles, Jesus asked them, who do you say that I am? Surprisingly, Peter gets the answer right. He says, you are the Christ. But once Jesus begins to foretell of the passion that he will have to incur, Peter no longer gets it. He doesn't like it. And his rebuke to Christ is met with even a heavier one right back at him. Christ is telling them to be fully alive. Means that you have to pick up your own crosses and to follow him. Or in the words of St. Francis de Sales, to be who you are and to be that perfectly well. Last week, the gospel picks up with this dialogue of Christ and his disciples. As Jesus once again tells Peter, James, and John that it will be necessary for him to die and then three days later rise. But the disciples didn't like any of that talk about suffering. And frankly, they had no idea what he was talking about. Instead, once they rejoined the other disciples, Jesus found them all arguing over who was the greatest among them. Clearly, the egos of the disciples were in full swing. So Jesus responded by placing a child in front of them to make the point that to be fully alive means it's not all about you. It's about serving others who are unable to care for themselves. And now you just heard in this week's Gospels, the, con the disciples continue to boost their egos, complaining that people who aren't following Christ are performing mighty deeds in his name, and how can that be? After all, we're the ones who are so special. So it would seem that even before the church was formed, even before Christ has died, the disciples are moving in the direction of exclusion, of trying to define who is in and who is out, who is welcomed and who is not. And how does Jesus respond? Anyone who is for me is not against me. In other words, don't hinder others from doing good and don't hinder others from being fully alive. When preaching on this exact passage two years ago, Pope Francis reminded us that we are all created in God's image and likeness, and we all have the commitment to do good. For in doing so, all of us are redeemed, even atheists. And therefore, as he reminded Congress this past week, quote, it's our duty to build bridges and to help all men and women in any way possible to do the same.
The second part of today's gospel then speaks of what's translated as sin. Although in this setting, some say the better translation would be to stumble. And using graphic metaphoric language, Jesus stresses the need to remove from your life that which causes you to stumble, which prevents you from being fully alive. So what does that look like for you? What is in your life that's causing you to stumble? Or the flip side to that question is, how could you be acting as a stumbling block to another person, just as the disciples were in the story? In your life, within your family, who are you excluding or shunning? Do we go through the day focused more on what others are doing versus dealing with what we need to do? Are we still wasting our time feeding our egos by spouting off to anyone who will listen as to what I think is right and what I think is included and who I feel God loves and measuring everyone by that standard? For again, using the words of Francis to Congress this week, the yardstick we use for others will be the yardstick which time will use for us. Do we live our life like the early years of the disciples who wanted all the glory but not the gore, who were more interested in the crown than the cross, who reveled in only joy and shunned the sorrow, who desired more of the comfort and less of the work? As the world meeting of families concludes, it will likely take weeks to absorb all that the Holy Father has spoken over these past days while in our country. But one of the messages that rang very clear is that if we want to be a church which is fully alive, we need to go forth and build bridges to break down walls and to sow seeds of reconciliation. And that work must take place in our society, in our towns, in our workplaces, in our schools, but most of all, it must begin at home. It must begin within the family. We know there are challenges and brokenness within all of our families and among our friends where wounds linger and pain is passed on, sometimes for generations, and where belief and healing and forgiveness and love are in desperate need. That's why the Holy Father reminds us that we are not called to judge, rather we're called to be present and to serve. For all of us are equally loved by God who works through all of us as we reach out to others. God's presence becomes manifested within each of us, young and old, as we use our gifts to enrich one another and not block what God is working in our lives. For the glory of all humans lies within our capacity to love as God loves. And the words spoken by the Pope these past six days have inspired, have stimulated and motivated people across all faiths and with good reason. But don't get too comfortable sitting back and just admiring his words and therefore overlook the challenge he put forth yesterday in his homily when he asked, what about you? What are you going to do? For we all have a role in supporting the work of the Spirit, and in doing so, having a life that is truly, fully alive. A life that embraces God to work through us. A life that implements a culture of care, 
a life that feeds the hunger and clothes the naked, a life that is not focused on borders, but rather breaks down walls and barriers. All of this so that we can nurture what is good and restore dignity to every living being.